two games, one point. On today's episode of Locked on Predators, we will break down this weekend's games against the Florida Panthers and the Pittsburgh Penguins, including my one word and yours to describe the weekend of play. And yes, we will be discussing that hit by Malkin. And it's Monday. That means plus minus. What has gone well for the Nashville Predators this week and what do they need to improve? All of that's coming up on today's episode of Locked on Predators. Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Predators. Thank you for joining us and making us your first listen of the day. I am Ann Kimmel. I am a writer at onthefourcheck.com, and I am usually joined by my partner in crime, the podcasting Clyde to my Bonnie, Nick Morgan. But Nick is off today, so it's just going to be you and I breaking down a lot of action from this weekend for the Nashville Predators and looking ahead a little bit. First, want to let you know that this episode is brought to you today by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online has all the latest odds, props, and information you need for your sports wagering information. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, how about that weekend? Yeah, this was. A tough weekend for the Nashville Predators. Lots of layers like an onion to the two games that the Predators played against the Florida Panthers and the Pittsburgh Penguins. We're going to get to all of that. But of course, we always start the episode after a game with our one word to describe the game. And I asked our friends on Twitter Give us your one word to describe the Predators' weekend play. And y'all answered. (laughs) And I would say the vibe is pretty consistent across the board. Utah Predators fans at Daniel Jackson 8, his reply was shizfest, which I think is a word that we need to incorporate more into the lingo of this show. I would agree with that. Um, At Kyle underscore Woodall, his one word was atrocious. Uh, Nash smoking bowls. Exit strategist, uh, his one word, winless, at nickel underscore Mike, said insufficient. And Rusty Ski Mask summed it up with a word that probably I can't say exactly the way that he printed it, but suffice it to to say that he believes that the Predators are screwed. (laughs) So... Not a great feeling out there among Nashville Predators fans after two games this weekend against two of the top teams in the league. Um, I really thought about this one word because I have some mixed feelings about this weekend and we're going to talk about it. But when it really comes down to it, uh, the one word that I would use to describe this weekend of play for the Nashville Predators is regret. And, you know, you talk about, you know, the the one that got away, you know, people in movies always talk about, you know, their great love that got away and they live with this regret. 
You know, Nashville could conceivably, very conceivably, ended this weekend with four points. Um, and they ended up coming home with just one point. And I really fear that this weekend is a weekend that is going to haunt Nashville down the stretch as just missed opportunities and regret for not being able to close out some games that they really were competitive in. And, you know, we've talked about this, Nick and I have said, this is an April where Nashville is going to need to get points everywhere they can. And this was a weekend where there were points that were out there and available for Nashville with just a few adjustments and they didn't get it done. And so I really feel like, you know, put a pin in this weekend because if things don't go well down the stretch in April for Nashville, these are two games that Predators fans are going to look back at and say, man, I really, really wish we could have done just enough to get more points than one point. Now, they did come away with one point, lost to Florida, uh, went to overtime and lost against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And we're going to talk about each of those games. We're going to start with the Florida game playing against the Florida Panthers who were coming into this game hot. The truth is Florida is one of the best teams in the NHL. They are going to be a Stanley Cup finalist contender for sure. Um, they have been playing very well. They are an offensive team. They just, I mean, they average over four goals a game. So this is a team that generates a ton of offense. They are hard to play against. And if you step back and don't look at the final score, Nashville had a decent showing, I thought, in this game. The final score was four to one. If you missed the game, let me give you a quick recap of what happened. Uh, the game started off uh, Carter Vorhage, goodness, opened the scoring at 343. They had a delayed penalty, brought the extra attacker on and scored on that. Ryan Johansson, let's hear it for Ryjo, answered back at 552 in the first period. Uh, Anton Lundell with a, you got to give him props. This was a gorgeous shot. He found just a sliver of space between the pipes and UC Saros had to make it 2-1 in the second period. It was 2-1 through the third period. Unfortunately, Huberdeau and Forsling added two empty net goals. So the final score was 4-1 which is a frustrating final score. Not that it matters because whether it's two to one or four to one, Nashville still walks away with no points, but Nashville was in this game and was competitive in this game really from start to almost finish. Um, but gave up two empty net goals, couldn't get the tying goal to take it to overtime, which would have been huge. Uh, just could not get it done. And so kind of a frustrating loss. It was a Saturday evening loss in Smashville, which is not something that you see very often. Uh, a lot of frustration about this game across the board. We're going to talk about uh, what John Hines had to say about the game in just a minute. But let me tell you kind of some takeaways that I had from this game. The first one is that this was a game that UC Saros desperately tried to steal for the Nashville Predators. I talked about how the Florida Panthers are such an offensive team. They tend to get behind the defense on breakaways. They use their speed. There were several opportunities where they had a breakaway chance, where they had uh, two-on-ones, and UC Saros played an exceptional game, I felt like, in net. Uh, but Nashville couldn't get it done in front of him 
on the offensive end. And that was frustrating. This was a game that Soros did everything he could to steal for the Predators, and they just couldn't get it done. Another unfortunate moment that, that I think is going to stick in the craw of Nashville Predators fans and probably Roman Yossi. Roman Yossi had a chance to tie this game up uh, as Spencer Knight came far out of the net to play the puck, misplayed it. Roman Yossi had the puck, Spencer Knight nowhere near the net, and Yossi hit the outside of the net. So really was a moment where you thought, okay, this is it. The Predators are going to tie it up. We're going to be back in this game. And he missed the net, which was, oh, it was so disappointing. Um, It was interesting to me, the comments after this game. Again, Florida has come into this game. They are a strong team. This is um, a team that is difficult to contain. I thought the Predators did a good job containing them through almost three whole periods of this game, but couldn't get a tying goal and then gave up two empty net goals. John Hines had some very interesting comments after this game. I want you to take a listen and we're going to talk about this. I mean, we, we had some looks, but I think in general, you know, overall in the game, you know, that that's a team that played last night. I just thought that, um, you know, they played the game that they needed to play to win the game. And, and tonight I, I expected more from our team in general. More physicality, or I, I thought the pace in which we played with. I thought uh, the competitive level that we played with. Uh, I thought our execution with the puck needed to be better. You know, um, I thought we were just average, and we're not. We're not a team that can play average and win. Yeah, so I was surprised watching the post game uh, interview with Hines about his comments. In general, even when the Predators lose a a frustrating game, John Hines tends to frame up his post-game press conferences saying, you know, we had some good areas of our game. We did some things really well. We need to clean up. And that's generally how he breaks down losses in the post-game. And this sort of had a different vibe to it. He didn't spend much time in his post-game comments talking about things that the Predators did well. He was interestingly critical of the team in this game, and it felt like a different vibe from John Hines than what we have heard from him in his post-game pressers before. I think part of it is that this was a game that was winnable, and that clearly has to be frustrating at this point, coming down the stretch, still vying for a playoff spot. Um, But I did think it was interesting how critical he was. One of the things he mentioned is the competitive level wasn't where it needed to be. And I'm wondering if there is... um, a frustration or a component of him questioning maybe the mental game that the Predators entered this Saturday night matchup of, uh, against Florida with, because he went on to mention things like pace, speed, pucks exec- puck execution. Ooh, it's Monday. And not generating enough scoring chances. I wonder if when he's talking about competitive level, if that is a component of mental toughness. And Mental toughness is something that John Hines has been preaching to this team and working on this team with for a long time. We've seen a lot of benefits of it um, as they've matured through the season. And, you know, I wonder if he felt like they just came in mentally unprepared in that game against Florida. 
another interesting observation, my husband was at the game and he said that the crowd was really frustrated and, and yelling for the Preds to shoot when they went empty net, brought on the extra attacker. And he said sort of the vibe around him was that they were just waiting and looking for the perfect look instead of putting the puck on net. And, you know, the Predators have had success when they get net front traffic and they just put the puck on the net. And looking for the perfect shot is something that I feel like we have seen recently with the Predators where they're looking for one perfect pass for a perfect shot instead of putting the puck on net. There's a couple players that I feel like have fallen back into that. And the Predators didn't get a lot of chances or as many chances as they could have with the extra attacker. There was some opportunities. Um, and again, you know, they they worked hard at it, but couldn't keep two empty net goals out of the net and ended up losing 4-1. The score, final score, not necessarily indicative of the play of the game, but head coach John Hines not particularly impressed with his team's performance, knowing that they were headed right to the airport, right on the road to Pittsburgh to face off against another tough team. And feeling like, you know, gosh, Nashville left some points in that game against Florida. They they left some points. I think they could have tied this game up um, come away with one point, maybe even two points. They're good enough to compete and they just didn't get it done. And then they headed off to Pittsburgh and, you know, we've got plenty to talk about when it comes to the game in Pittsburgh and overtime loss Sunday afternoon in the Berg. And we are also going to talk about that hit. You know, the one I'm talking about, you can tell by my tone of voice, how I'm going to be feeling about this. Uh, but first want to talk to you about a great product that I have been using every morning for the last few weeks and love. It's called Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 a few weeks ago. Um, I had read some things about it, heard about it, and I was struggling to kind of get through the day, just low energy. I've been trying to do better with my nutrition, but you know, I always forget to take this supplement, that supplement. I've tried all these health potions, never noticed any difference. And honestly, I have tried making my own healthy drinks and I cannot stomach those things. So tried AG1. So what is it? It is a really nutritional, easy to make drink that you can do every morning. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods and probiotics to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus and aging. Can I get an amen on that one? Best of all, this is a healthy drink that tastes great. It is super easy to mix in the morning and it is super easy to drink. It tastes uh, a little vanilla-y, a little tropical, no gross aftertaste, so easy to use. It is lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, AG1 works for you. And it costs you less than $3 a day. So you can invest in your health and you can skip your cold brew habit. 
Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. You just shake it up. No need to get out the blender and mix a bunch of ingredients. No need for a million different pills and supplements. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com dot com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. On tomorrow's show, Nick will be back, which will be wonderful. And we are going to preview the Nashville Predators matchup against the San Jose Sharks, which will be coming up tomorrow night in Nashville. And we will, of course, be talking hot takes, hot take Tuesday. We're going to see what you all have to say about what's going on in Smashville. We do now have to talk about the second game of this weekend's back-to-back game in Pittsburgh. Look. Full disclosure, I am a Pennsylvania girl, and one of the reasons I did not get into hockey early is because of the Pittsburgh Penguins fans that I met. So I always get a little saucy around Pittsburgh Penguins games, and I think after the 2017 Stanley Cup, many of you can relate to this. This was a rough one in Pittsburgh. The Predators and Penguins faced off Sunday afternoon. It was an overtime loss for the Predators. Penguins won 3-2 in overtime. If you missed the game, real quick, here's what happened. Sidney Crosby, yay, opened the scoring five minutes into the game on a backdoor shot. Matt Duchesne evened the game up on a beautiful stretch stretch pass from Granlin to tie the game at the end of the first. This was uh, Mikhail Granlin's 44th assist, and I am telling you, go find the highlights of it. Such a beautiful stretch pass and just shows you how well Granlin reads the ice. Uh, Neither team could get any traction offensively in the second period, but Nashville took the lead in the third period on a goal by Nick Cousins at 431. Jason Zucker tied it up four minutes later. The game ended in regulation 2-2. In overtime, each team kind of had their looks, but Sidney Crosby won the game in overtime, scoring his 1,400th point of his career. Woo. Um, Interesting game. uh, Just not the outcome that Predators really needed. Um, This was a solid game from Nashville, especially on the second half of a back-to-back. Again, this is a game, though, that Nashville could have won. They were in this game. They are competitive with a team like the Pittsburgh Penguins. They were not um, out-talented. They maybe were out-executed. But this was a competitive game that Nashville could have won and Gosh, is that frustrating to say. It was a very physical game. Another thing I noticed, it was a very physical game. Nashville really upped their physicality. Uh, Predators had 41 hits in this game. Probably the most notable was a uh, hit by Tanner Janot on Chris Letang that launched him. Uh, It was the hockey version of a Derrick Henry stiff arm. 
um, Mike Matheson took offense and exception to Tanner Janot's perfectly legal hit and dropped the gloves with Tanner Janot, which brings me to the question, why are y'all still trying to fight Tanner Janot? Tanner Janot is for looking at. He is not for touching. It is a fool's errand. And it was for Mike Matheson. Uh, Tanner Janot handled his business. They both got uh, timeouts for fighting. But just you got to learn, like watch the film, y'all. Don't fight Tanner Janot. Uh, Leah McHugh uh, from NHL on TNT had a really interesting tweet after this game that I loved. He tweeted, uh, Janot leads the league in fights is second in hits and leads all rookies in goals. He's a tone setter on a team battling every night for a playoff spot. Don't care about his age. Give him the Calder. Can I get an amen? Um, here in Nashville, we've kind of been beating the drum for Tanner Janot. He is not your prototypical Calder winner. He does not do the Michigan. Um, he is not flashy. But if you want to talk about a rookie whose impact on their team is game-changing. Tanner Janot is in that conversation. Um, a lot of other interesting moments in this game, but we're going to focus in on the one that I'm sure everybody is talking about. Uh, Evgeny's hit, Malkin's hit on Mark Borvietsky at the end of the second period. Um, if you haven't seen it, uh, YouTube it. It's there. Um, right at the buzzer, they were battling in the slot. Um, pushing some pushing and shoving um malkin then slashed and broke boro's stick and then took his hands with his stick in it and smacked him in the face hit him in the face um split open boro's face boro was bleeding everywhere um this this is one of those moments that makes me dislike hockey this was um undisputedly, uh, unless you're in the Pittsburgh media, this was undisputedly a, a dirty hit. This, um, this hit was not a hockey play. This was not um, a hit that is just a part of the game. This is not a battling it out in the greasy areas hit. Uh, it earned uh, Malkin a double minor and Mark Borvietsky a slashing penalty. So the Nashville Predators got two minutes of power play time. And there's a lot of, I have a lot of questions about the way this was called, but we're going to set that aside for now. Uh, this needs to be a suspension. We are still waiting this morning to see what the NHL Department of Player Safety is going to do. They have not, as of the time of this recording, made any uh, statement on whether they are going to talk with Malkin about this hit. They need to. Um, this is this is not um, a hockey play. This is a dirty play. It needs to be handled by the Department of Player Safety. Here's the thing. You just don't know how it's going to pan out. It will be interesting to see if they hold Malkin accountable for this. Um, I do want to say that refereeing is not easy. And, you know, here in Nashville, we are very fond of the ref you suck chant. We do it really, really well. Um, but it's not easy. These referees are making these calls in real time. Oftentimes we're seeing them in replay slow motion, but I think that we have to admit that there are biases, whether they are conscious or unconscious. And I don't think any team in the league knows this better than the Nashville Predators because of 
the whole incident with Tim Peel and the hot mic. You know, his was a very much a conscious bias against the Nashville Predators. But I think that there is a bias towards certain teams in the league, and Pittsburgh is one of them. I think whether it's a conscious bias or subconscious bias, you have a team that's been a championship team. They have one of the best players in the NHL. And I think that there tends to be a bias for in favor of of teams like the Pittsburgh Penguins because of the reputation as a team and as a player. I think we can all agree that in some ways, Sidney Crosby is the Tom Brady of the league, gets away with just a little bit more and can whine just a little bit more. Um, So I think it's something that needs looked at. This, This was egregious. This was a malicious hit. Um, Malkin was suspended in 2019, one game for a hit, you know, high stick kind of a hit. Um, there have been some articles online that have in the past pointed out that he has a reputation for kind of retaliation plays and undisciplined play when he gets frustrated. Um, this needs addressed. Uh, and we will wait. We'll keep you posted when we hear anything. Um, but this hit by Malkin was ugly and awful. And it really affected the Nashville Predators. Uh, Mark Borowiecki did not return in the third period. The Predators um, already had Dante Fabro as a healthy scratch. So they had adjusted the D pairings. Lasan was with Yossi, Eki, and Carrier were together. And Boro was with Benning, who was back in the lineup. So they then played the third period, rotating five D men. So there's a lot that went into this. Um, and I really hope that it gets addressed by the league. And if it doesn't, you can bet that there will be more ranting coming up on this show uh, tomorrow if we don't hear something from the league on that play. Um, Could say so many more things about that, but most of them are not appropriate and my mom might be listening. So we're going to set that aside for now. Uh, Coming up, it is Monday, which means plus minus. We're going to talk about what went well this week for the Nashville Predators. There were some really good things and what needs improvement. But first, want to tell you about our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. And also want to let you know this episode comes to you from our friends at Built Bar. We are a Built Bar house. I have young men who are very into weight training, healthy eating, and Built Bar has become a staple in our pantry for them. They reach for the Built Bar. We've tried different other uh, protein bars, just not enough protein, too much sugar, not great flavor. Built Bar has solved all of those problems problems. And they have something called Built Bar Puffs. They are one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. My boys love these. They are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. 
They are fluffy, marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. It's like eating a treat. Uh, you will enjoy eating them. And they are covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite. They have a lot of great flavors. Popular here, the cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow. I love the banana cream pie. They are going to be a favorite. All the Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They are low in calorie. They are very high in protein. You can replace your snacks, your candy bars with a Built Bar. It is so much better for you. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. You can go to Built.com and check out their macros. Only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, but they are packed with 17 grams of protein. They have all kinds of great flavors, mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. They have a mixed box, which is our favorite. You get 12 Built Bars, and there's not one flavor that doesn't get scooped up here at home. They are all fantastic. You can go to Built.com, use our promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, well, it's Monday, and you know, Mondays we do plus minus. We give a plus for things that went well for the Nashville Predators this week. And we're honest, and we give minuses for the things that maybe could use some improvement for the Predators in the upcoming days. So we always start off with a plus because if nothing else, we are optimists here at Locked On Predators. And so my very first plus this week is a fat, juicy plus for Mr. Ryan Johansson. This week, Ryan Johansson had a hat trick against Minnesota. He had a goal in the game uh, in Ottawa. He had a goal in the game in Florida. Uh, they are referring to him as Red Hot Ryan Johansson, which feels almost as uncomfortable for me to say as Big Sexy for Michael McCarron. So let's find, you know, let's call him nice, friendly Ryan Johansson. Um, Johansson has been able to kind of find these soft pockets of space on the ice net front this week. And it has been amazing to watch. He's been on a line with the Phil Squared, Phil Tomasino, Philip Forsberg, and really done well. And I love seeing him hit that uh, scorecard because he has done so many things well. He plays such a great game. And just really hasn't necessarily made the stat sheet like uh, I wanted him to. So huge week for Ryan Johansson. And look, this is one of those players that if you can get him going at this point in the year, he is going to be a game changer. He is going to be one of those players that can pull the Predators into these playoffs. So I want you to keep your eye on Ryan Johansson. He gets this week's first Fat Juicy Plus. Now, we do have to do the minuses, and I hate this because I just want to say nice things for everyone, but um, I do want to give a minus this week to the situation with Luke Cunnan. Bless his heart. Uh, Luke Cunnan has struggled this season to find his scoring. You know, I have often said I hate the term snake bit, but I think that might be accurate in this case. I think Cunnan, you know, he is looking, he is doing his thing, but he's just not finding the back of the net. And that's been frustrating, I think, for him. He's one of the ones that you really need to get going as well. 
um, had some penalties against Florida. And I think he was trying to sort of impact the game with a fight. Unfortunately, ended up with the instigator penalty. He ended up with like 18 minutes of uh, penalty time, you know, ate the snacks fully out in the sin bin before anyone got a chance to get there and then had an interference call later in the game. So just not yet playing his game. And, you know, we've talked about John Hines kind of did some things with Ellie Tolvin and took him out of the lineup for a reset. I'm wondering if we're getting near that point with Luke Cunnan. Um, you know, he's still playing a physical game. You know, he's still trying to make a difference, but there's a hole in the Nashville Predators scoring right now. And that former second line, really somebody from that line needs to get going. And uh, Luke Cunnan, I'm hoping it, you know, I'm hoping you can kick it in this week. Uh, so that's my first minus, bless his heart. Hate saying negative things about these players because they're lovely people, but you know, hoping the play gets better on the ice. Um, Another minus that I had, and um, I want to say full disclosure that um, we were not given a ton of information about this, so there may be more backstory than what's being discussed with the press, but Dante Fabro, a healthy scratch versus Pittsburgh. Now, this could be just a maintenance, healthy scratch kind of thing uh, in a back-to-back -back game. Uh, hopefully it is not just a re-aggravation of an injury, um, but he was out against Pittsburgh. And one of the things Nick and I have talked about is that Dante Fabro really is sort of the glue of this defensive core. He is um, having him in the game really frees up the defense to do some things differently uh, when he is than when he is not in the game. So didn't like seeing Fabro out against Pittsburgh. We're going to keep our eye on the lineup for tomorrow's game against San Jose and see if he is back in the lineup. Uh, good adjustments, I thought, by the defense. Lazan went up to play with Yossi, which I thought was a very interesting choice because playing with Roman Yossi is a skill set all of its own. Um, and I thought Lazan has played really well. Um, but it was just an interesting shift. And then, of course, lost Boro for the third period in that game. So just, just a lot going on without Dante Fabro in the lineup. Another minus, and this is one that, that I did not at the beginning of the season think I would ever call this a minus, but this is a fat minus, is Michael McCarron is week to week. He is out with injury. And again, take a minute. Michael McCarron out is a fat minus. This is somebody who has really developed his game over the course of this season and become um, a really important secondary player for the Predators. He is not ever going to probably be your big star of the game, even though, you know, he's had some great games recently. But he is going to be one of those people that they're going to need down the stretch um, with his physicality with his willingness to engage for his teammates, uh, with you know his offensive production, he pairs well on that fourth line. And so minus that we are missing Michael McCarron, we will again kind of keep you posted as we hear updates on his condition and his return, but hopefully that will come soon, missing him in the lineup. Um, 
will say that there were a couple pluses that I want to end on because we are optimists. We always end on positive things. Uh, the first one is the penalty kill for the Nashville Predators. Uh, one for 14 this week. Now, the 14, can we just talk about that? Like, there are no snacks in the sin bin. Okay, stop. Stop hooking. Stop tripping. Um 14 penalties, but only one goal off of those. The penalty kill is playing so strong now. Uh, really responsible, very tight. I love the players who are being rotated in on the penalty kill. Jeremy Lazan is in on that now and done well. This is a really this is a good improvement for the Predators. They've had a good kill most of the season. Special teams has been a delight this season. But this uh, past week, really, against some tough teams, showed uh, development and um, just a responsibility in the penalty kill that's very reassuring and would be key if the Predators find themselves in tight playoff matchups. And the last plus for the week, you know, said how frustrated we are. The Predators only came away with one point out of four possible over this weekend with their back-to-back. -back. But take a minute and realize that over this week, the Predators earned five out of eight possible points this past week. And that ain't too shabby, friends. Uh, beat Minnesota, uh, beat Ottawa. So... They're doing okay. Now we're gonna need we're gonna need better. You know, this is this is crunch time. But let's take a minute and appreciate the fact that the Predators, even though they had a rough weekend, had a good week, five out of eight possible points. We're gonna keep our eye on the Western Conference, on the Central Division. We'll have updates about the Western Conference on Western Conference Wednesday for sure. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we are going to preview the game against the San Jose Sharks. This is one the Predators are going to need to win. We are also going to tackle Hot Take Tuesday. So if you have a hot take about the Nashville Predators, we want to hear it. You can tweet us at LO underscore Predators and give us your hot take and we will rate them on tomorrow's show. Um, thank you so much for making Locked on Predators your first listen of the day. We hope you have a great Monday and we'll be back tomorrow with some hot takes.